With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome. I am back. I caught exactly zero fish on Friday. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here. It is my show and I'm really glad to have you with me. I hope you got blue skies wherever you are. Or at least good weather. It's cold here in middle Georgia. The phone number is 877-97-ERIC. 877-973-7425 should you wish to be a part of this year program. Now, I got it. There's so much news out there, but I've really got to start with Brandon. Over the weekend, an Associated Press reporter was on a flight, a Southwest flight from Houston to, I think, Albuquerque, New Mexico. And as they were landing, the pilot said over the intercom, Let's go, Brandon. Actually, what the pilot appears to have said is, let's go, Braves. The audio that was captured uh, was truncated, and it sounds very much like the pilot was saying, let's go, Braves. Now, the audio is recorded. Southwest has launched an investigation. Even the New York Times is doing a story on this pilot. They are out to get him. They want to destroy the pilot. There is an investigation. Reporters across America with blue check marks on social media, the hordes of Mordor or are after a Southwest pilot for allegedly saying, let's go, Brandon. The reporter herself tried to storm the cockpit to demand an explanation. I'm not making that up. She even tweeted about it. Put it on TikTok. She wanted into the cockpit. She insisted the flight attendants open the door. They nearly threw her off the plane as a result. She just, she says she was writing a story on the Let's Go Brandon phenomenon. I I gotta, I, I actually have to spend some time on this. This is important. I'm old enough to remember Bush caricatured as a monkey, George W. Bush as Hitler, Dick Cheney the murderer, the blood on their hands, the caricatures, the F. Bush chants, the women dressed, uh, code pink protesters dressed in costumes designed to look like a, a women woman's female reproductive organs. They actually dressed in full body costumes that, that looked like that.
At Trump's inaugural, they wore knitted pink hats using the P word to describe them. That, that's what they wore in protest. The F, F Trump. That, that, that's what they would chant. They rioted. They, they protested. They burned limousines. They smashed through small businesses. They've done all sorts of violence along the way. And now they're upset with Let's Go Brandon. Now they're upset with Let's Go Brandon. Oh, and, and my buddy Mark points out, remember Rashida Tlaib after, after her election says now we're going to impeach the MFR. And the crowd went wild. You, you don't get to cheapen and vulgarize political discourse and then get upset when people say, let's go, Brandon, which is a way for people to be in on a joke without further vulgarizing the conversation because let's go, Brandon, is a substitute for F. Joe Biden, which you people were fine chanting for Trump and for Bush, but you don't want it for Joe Biden. Why? Because he is yours and this is religious fanaticism and the zealots, the, you don't like the heresies. The left is reacting to people like Let's Go Brandon almost like the, the Charlie Hebdo massacre people were because of the Muhammad cartoons. They're, they're not trying to kill people. They're not trying to chop off heads, but they are trying to destroy lives. There isn't a lot of difference between Woko Haram and Islamic jihadists other than the jihadists will chop off your head and the wokes just want to destroy your life. But it's from the same worldly religious zeal. The things of the world hate the things of God. And the things of the world, they don't like to be mocked. The devil doesn't like to be mocked. And it's all part of a spiritual collapse in the country. The vulgarization of politics in this country comes from a deeply dark place of a spiritual void where people are now letting politics creep into their lives and fill the void left by where God should be. And so they become angry and they take to religious fervor and, and they're upset by it. And, and here's the interesting thing about it. Since the year 2001, the media has largely been aloof to, tone deaf to, ignored the left-wing vulgarizing of culture, particularly political discourse. There were never stories about the, the F. Bush or F. Trump phenomenon, which has been a thing. There were never major stories about how so many people on the left compared George W. Bush to Hitler. Now the media openly uses the big lie referring to Republicans. They don't care when it's their side doing it. They care passionately when it's our side because they don't want to be mocked. They can't be mocked. They can't take the, they, they, they can't take it. The left has lost its sense of humor. Not that they ever had one, but it's gotten even worse. This is a problem that they've got to deal with. Now, here again, they're trying to destroy a Southwest Airlines pilot because a reporter for the Associated Press overheard him say, let's go, Brandon. And it actually appears very likely he said, let's go, Braves, based on the audio we have. But it didn't stop the reporter from presuming he had done it. 
and it didn't stop other reporters from going after it. I, I, I saw a couple of blue check marks. You know, there are some great Twitter accounts to follow. One of them is, is a guy named Drew Holden, a friend of mine. And he pointed out a number of the people who were incensed about the Southwest Airlines pilot saying potentially, let's go, Brandon, are people who were cheering on protesters saying F Trump over the last several years. Of course they were. Of course. Because it's all about team sport. But there is this larger issue here. Now, listen, this is one of those let the listener understand moments because some of you aren't going to get what I'm saying. Some of you, it will pass over your head. And for some of you, I'm about to deeply offend you, and I don't mean to. All I can ask is that you show me a level of grace with what I'm about to say. The world is three-dimensional. But it's really, there's a fourth dimension. Scripture talks about it. The things unseen. Our fight is not with the princes and principalities of this world. But with the things unseen, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. There is a level of depravity that has creeped into American culture as our culture moves post-Christianity. It's happening on the right as well. We see it on the right too. People on the right are losing their sense of humor. They can't laugh. You know, we are made in the image of God, the Imago Dei. And God has a sense of humor. If you do not believe that God has a sense of humor, behold the platypus. God has a sense of humor. And as people move further and further away from him, the less and less they have a sense of humor, the less and less they can laugh. Jesus wept. He also laughed. And as people make politics their religion, their religion loses grace because secularism has no grace in it. And so both sides then become very, very embittered and angry when you poke fun at them. When you refer to Donald Trump as orange man bad, as I have, because that's kind of one of the pejoratives of the left is orange man bad. But when I say it, you should see the hate mail I get from Trump supporters. And I'm not even talking about it myself. It's what the left says. But they they can't handle it. The left certainly can't handle let's go Brandon. Let's go Brandon, of all things. For those of you who don't know the background here, and I continue to find people who don't, an NBC News reporter was talking to Brandon. I forget his last name. He won the NASCAR race. And the crowd is chanting loudly, F Joe Biden. And she claims what she hears is the crowd chanting, let's go, Brandon, and asks Brandon about it. And he gets this very perplexed look on his face because that's not what they're chanting. As she says, listen to them, listen to the crowd. They're chanting, let's go, Brandon. And let's go, Brandon has now been embraced by people across the political spectrum of the right. Instead of saying F Joe Biden, as some college kids were saying, everybody's saying, let's go, Brandon. It's a funny joke with a funny origin. Maybe it's overkill, but it's something you should be able to laugh at. And the left can't laugh at it because politics has replaced religion. And it's the same thing as saying F your God to say, let's go, Brandon, because Joe Biden is their God at the moment because he's in charge of their political movement. And whoever is in charge of the movement shall not be mocked by Republicans and conservatives. You can't mock them because you're mocking their religious high priests and gods. 
And so the result is in a graceless society, now they've got to destroy, they got to find, seek out, and destroy a Southwest Airlines pilot who probably said, let's go Braves. Poor guy had to watch that World Series game last night, and now they're coming after him for saying something he didn't say. My gosh, that game last night. I threw everybody off my front porch, and the game wasn't over. I knew how it was going to go. The moment they hit a grand slam in the first inning, I was like, this is it. We lost. When the Braves hit a grand slam in the first inning, you know they're going to lose the game in the ninth. And they did. Well, before the ninth. That poor pilot. All he did is say, let's go, Brandon, except he didn't. He said, let's go, Braves. And an Associated Press reporter, and that, that's one of the key points here, is an Associated Press reporter is the one who stirred it all up. They have a vested interest in this stuff. But I want you to be careful here, and this is where I'm going to make some of you mad. It's not just a phenomenon of the left. We're seeing the rise of the post-Christian right, and they do the same thing. You know, it was actually Thomas More who said the devil cannot endure to be mocked. I stirred people up this weekend. I became part of this news story unintentionally because of a tweet. I said the devil cannot be endure to be mocked. Neither can the wokes. Make it that what you will, and let's go, Brandon. And uh, the Bulwark crowd came after me, as others did as well. You, you can't say that you're cursing, and I'm not. I'm, I'm just saying. Wokeism comes from the spiritual darkness we're dealing with in the country. Uh, religion doesn't go away. It just takes new forms. And, and, and when, when Christianity goes away, darkness creeps in. What we're seeing in this country is a profound spiritual darkness. We are ultimately in a, in a 3 or 4D battle. There's a spiritual fight going on on top of everything else that explains so much of what's happening in the country. The spiritual fight, but you're not supposed to talk about it because you sound a little off. When you talk about it, and it's not just on the left, the devil cannot endure to be mocked. Neither can the people who think Jesus is going to save them from COVID, but they got to take a cavalcade of pills to save them from everything else. Uh-huh, so if you don't like me saying that, it's still true, and it's from the same thing. This level of crazy skepticism and, and irrational questioning and conspiracy theorizing, it comes from the same place as the people who are insane about people saying, let's go, Brandon. You may not like me to say that, but I'm very serious, and it is true. But the topic at hand is not the conspiracy theorists of the right. It's the reporters, the blue check marks, who can't handle you laughing at Joe Biden, who may or may not have pooped his britches in front of the Pope this weekend. That, too, is a new story. All I can say about that one is, let's go, Brandon. Y'all, from the moment I sat in my X chair, my body said, this is what a real office chair is supposed to be like. I had, gosh, I had gone through office chairs and then I got my X chair and it is the perfect chair. In fact, my X chair, unlike your chair, can massage my back while I'm sitting doing three hours of talk radio. It can even heat up and cool down depending on my office, which tends to run hot in the summer and cold in the wintertime. And it's all in the LMX massage and temperature regulation exclusively designed for the X-Chair. And once you feel the customized support of X-Chair's patented dynamic lumbar DVL, they call it dynamic variable lumbar, your back's going to be happy. What I need you to do, you got to go check out the X-Chair because yeah, I bought the, y'all know the expensive brand and I bought it. It was a good chair. It actually was a really good chair. And X-Chair takes it to the next level. 
What you need to do is go to xchaireric.com now. That's X, the letter X, chair, E-R-I-C-K.com, or call 844-4-X-CHAIR for $100 off your order. X-CHAIR has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort. You can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month. It's xchaireric, E-R-I-C-K.com. It is worth it. Well, as you can imagine, Donald Trump showed up at the World Series on Saturday night in Atlanta. He should have been there last night. Maybe they would have won. Uh, Okay, just at random, random tangent here. So my my family, we live in a neighborhood. Uh, One day I want a lot of land and a big house and no neighbors. But for now, we live in a neighborhood on a cul-de-sac. We love our neighbors. And our neighborhood is one of those neighborhoods where people drive miles to get to for Halloween. The entire neighborhood gets very organized. We, we, we do a big deal, and we have thousands of kids. I bought, and I am not making this up, I bought $400 in candy. No, it is not because I'm I'm well-off or generous. It's we run out of candy otherwise. We, we've got to buy massive piles. And by the way, the bags are smaller and have less candy, and they're more expensive now. Let's go, Brandon. It is absurd, the amount. And normally, it's it's all gone. We do not have a piece of candy left, and we had several bags left this year. And all I can think is, is people had to be home watching the Braves, hoping to, to seal the deal last night, and they didn't. But... Donald Trump was there on Saturday night. And as you can imagine, the big think pieces from the media were all about Donald Trump enters the culture war over the tomahawk chop. And of course, he's siding with the racists. Here's Sports Illustrated. Why does Major League Baseball still allow synchronized team sanctioned racism in Atlanta? Several months ago, Major League Baseball moved the All-Star Game out of Atlanta in response to institutional racism. On Friday, it will hold the World Series there, and this time, MLB is the institution supporting racism. The name Braves is bad enough. Beyond the name, though, the crowd's favorite gesture, known as the Tomahawk Chop, is unconscionable. At every home game, fans rise and lower their right arm in unison, howling a mock war chant. It's offensive, says Claudio Santa, professor at Georgia who specializes in Native American history. I find it kind of embarrassing just knowing that the whole country is seated on national television. Me, 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 me. Do you know the Cherokee Nation has blessed the Braves doing this? They've sanctioned it. They're okay with it. Why is it always the white woke folks who are the biggest racists who try to tell the Native Americans, well, you're so entrenched in white supremacy, you don't even know it. It's always white wokes who are the real racists who try to tell the rest of the world what is racist when black people and non-white people don't know something's racist. Leave it to the white wokes to tell them it's racism. They see racism everywhere, which kind of makes you wonder who really is the big racist out there. Them. And yes, the Tomahawk Chop has been blessed by the Native Americans of the Southeast. They're all Braves fans. They think it's fine. It's the white wokes who have a problem.
Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. It is my show. And the phone number, if you'd like to be a part of it, is 877-973-7425. To the phones, I'm going to go to Raja. You're going to be up first today. Welcome to the program. Okay, Eric. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Yeah, I just wanted to make a couple of points. As far as the, the, as far as the society is concerned, we may have to sacrifice a whole generation, but if we start doing the education and the, from the kindergarten for all over the country, the whole generation needs to, be dis, needs to know the right and wrong values. So that is the point that I was going to say, that I know how we can really bring that to the administration people because they just only are doing all the patchwork trying to fix this everything that's already broken and that's going to get worse all the parents are even bad so they, oh, yeah. nothing, they don't have good values You're, yeah and part of the problem is that uh, the teachers not the teachers but the teachers unions and the Biden administration don't really have the values we want our kids to be taught right now Raja thank you for the phone call there and this gets to Virginia I want to listen I want you to uh, listen to this audio from MSNBC, a, a Democratic voter, an actual confirmed Democratic voter in Virginia. Listen. I'll be voting for Glenn Youngkin on November 2nd, um, and education is the top issue. I think that virtual schools didn't do any kids any favors. I think that it's really important for in-school education to be happening, for quality education to be happening. But I don't think that critical race theory has any, any place in our public schools. Yes. It is the media is finally sounding the alarm. Turns out it's not just conservatives who are concerned with critical race theory. In fact, the um, Associated Press, the Washington Post and others are running interviews with Democrats in Virginia who say they're voting for Glenn Youngkin because of education that they don't view him the same as Trump. They don't think he will embarrass them, but they do think he will send a wake-up call to the Virginia public school systems that they've got a problem. Uh, Terry McAuliffe has always been a bad candidate. I, I do think it's worth noting, if you go back to 2015, was it 2015? No, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, 2013, whenever it was. Glenn Youngkin... Uh, Terry McAuliffe would have lost to Ken Cuccinelli, except the Democrats funded a third-party candidate. And in funding that third-party candidate, they they made an aggressive push to snatch libertarian-oriented voters away from Ken Cuccinelli, vilifying him as too conservative, as a theocrat, you name it. Uh, Terry McAuliffe barely won that race. And part of that as well is Chris Christie, when he was the chairman of the Republican Governors Association, last minute steered money away from Ken Cuccinelli. Had Cuccinelli had the last minute influx, he probably would have won. That's the only reason McAuliffe became governor. He was a bad candidate, and he's always been a bad candidate. We're seeing he's a bad candidate, and his badness as a candidate comes out in his conversation with Chuck Todd on NBC's Meet the Press. You need to listen to this clip. 
should that be left to the hands of the parents or should it be left to the school boards and others who do this every single day and focus on it? They would argue that and bill is not saying As you saw in the crowd, everybody they, clapped when right. I said it. I understand that, but they would say this is not about banning a book. This is about informing parents that a book may have some material that uh, not all parents will be crazy about. We should let you know that your kid is going to be dealing with this material. McAuliffe doesn't even understand the issues at this point. And he said that everyone applauded when he said parents shouldn't be involved in kids' educations. The problem with this is that McAuliffe took the crowd inside the debate arena to be the crowd outside, and it's not. Uh, There have been a series of missteps here. In fact, so on Friday, this happened on Friday. I got to tell you, I thought it was a joke. I couldn't believe it was true. On Friday, I wasn't here. We had a best of. I I had been invited to to go fly fishing. My buddy Matt and I, uh, we stood in the Chattahoochee off his uh, family farm, caught exactly. Well, okay. In fairness, I caught a trout. And that now I got to be real careful here because I'm about to utter profanity. I caught a trout. I did. And that joker got off the hook. You got to pull the hook just so, and I didn't. I didn't set the hook good. And the little mm, jumped out of the water and splashed in front of me. And I'm, y'all, I'm a fairly calm person. I, I, I do not get spun up like my wife does. I started beating the hell out of the water with my rod. I thought I was going to break my rod. I was so mad at that fish. It literally jumped out of the water to taunt me. I mean, I just start, and I'm uttering words of profanity for which I will be repenting the rest of my life, just whacking at the water with that rod, just trying to hit that fish with that rod. I was, oh, my gosh. But while I was there, while I was there, White supremacists with tiki torches showed up at a Glen Youngkin event. I've got to set the stage for you on this one. A Glen Youngkin bus pulls up somewhere. And if you will recall the Charlottesville protest where it was the Unite the Right white supremacist rally, and it was a bunch of white guys in white shirts and khaki pants holding tiki torches marching through the street. It was a really dumb event, by the way. And a, a young lady wound up losing her life that day. It, it was a it was a terrible day, and it is permanently tied to Donald Trump. He, of course, you will remember, is misquoted as saying that there were good, really good people there. He was actually taken out of context. He didn't mean it about the white supremacists. It was very clear he didn't. The media didn't care. So these white supremacists in white shirts, khaki pants, and tiki torches show up to cheer on Glenn Youngkin, except. You can tell immediately that they're not the white supremacist supporters they claim to be. Why? Well, because only the Democrats, y'all, the, the Democrats sit these people. And do you know how we know it was the Democrats? Because they're supposed to be what now? White supremacists. But they're the white supremacists who went for, to the diversity, equity, and inclusion seminar because you had the black white supremacist, you had the Asian white supremacist, and you had the female white supremacist along with the white white supremacist. It was a perfectly diverse balance of people pretending to be white supremacists. Black, Asian, female, white dude. 
I'm sure one of them was probably gay as well, just to balance it out, but we didn't ask. We don't know, but that's what the Democrats do these days. It was it was a racially diverse group of white supremacists there claiming to be with Glenn Youngkin. The media ran the story until someone said, wait a second, that one guy works for Terry McAuliffe. <laughs> it turns out it was the kid touchers at the Lincoln Project who set this up. They're, they took credit for it, and then it blew up in their face. Literally, I mean, I mean the, the, this thing went south so quick on the Democrats. By Friday evening, they were firing people and purging accounts on social media and locking accounts. That they, they were in outrage. Some of the very same people who were involved in organizing it were calling attention to it, saying, look at the white supremacists. And everyone was like, wait a second, um, why is there a black dude there with a tiki torch if this is white supremacist? Why would they allow him? And then somebody's like, wait a second, that guy, I know him. He works for Terry McAuliffe. And it descended into into craziness. By the end of the day, you had all these people locking their Twitter accounts. And it was the very same people who were calling attention to it saying, look, 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 look at the white supremacists. No one thought about, wait a second, maybe we should have a black guy and a female and an Asian show up. It was, and it was the Lincoln Project ran out and took credit for it. Now, here's here's the problem for Terry McAuliffe. This was idiocy, and one of his staffers was involved with the Lincoln Project, it seems, and it set off yet another story about what a bad candidate Terry McAuliffe is and the cheap tricks. And by the way, it also allowed Republicans to resurface the fact that uh, Ralph Northam was either a Klansman or a blackface in his yearbook photo and still won't say which is which. And you know what the rumor in Virginia is? The rumor is he was the one in blackface and his wife was under the hood. That's the actual rum- rumor in Virginia among the politicos, which is why he hasn't come out because he doesn't want to say, well, it was my wife under the hood as dressed up as the Klansman. That's the rumor. Whether it's true or not, I don't know, but I got, I'm got i actually in a direct message chain right now with people who've been talking about it last week as it resurfaced. But it allowed Republicans to resurface that the current sitting governor of Virginia, who Terry McAuliffe called to resign, is now out campaigning for Terry McAuliffe with Terry McAuliffe's blessing, and he was either in blackface or a Klan hood. And then the Democrats tried to resurface the memory of Charlottesville and turn it into a political stunt. And you've got to understand, for the left, what happened in Charlottesville was so bad and so sad to co-opt it and turn it into a political stunt is in essence taking some, it's like taking Good Friday and turning it into Black Friday which my kid, when she was little, got Good Friday and Black Friday confused because, I mean, what would be good about sales? And Black Friday when Jesus died. But the left is doing this with the Charlottesville event. It's like taking the day the Lord was crucified and turning it into some sort of parody event for political gain. And the, the, the media was furious that the Lincoln Project and the Democrats would do something like this. Now, all of this gets to how bad the polling is for Terry McAuliffe. And some of you are listening. You're thinking, I'm not in Virginia. I don't care. You have to care about what happens in Virginia. And the reason is because what happens in Virginia reflects the nation the next year. It is one of the most consistent rules in politics. The party in the White House tends to do poorly in the midterms, and the early reflection tends to be the Virginia governor's race. Republicans tend to win it when the White House is controlled by Democrats. Democrats tend to win it when the White House is controlled by Republicans. Terry McAuliffe, in all of the polling now, is collapsed 
In fact, in almost all of the polling now, he's behind the scenes, or he, he's he's behind Glenn Youngkin. And also, by the way, Phil Murphy, the New Jersey governor, no one's paid attention to it, but those polls have tightened pretty significantly as well. It doesn't look good for the Democrats out there in any way, shape, or form. It genuinely looks bad across the board for the Democrats. And as this goes forward, tomorrow we're going to have a pretty bold indicator for how things move into next year. And the Democrats in Virginia are melting down. Now, here's one of the ironic parts, and I want to spend a little time on this today. The Democrats are not going to be self-reflective. You can already get the sense. The blame game has already started as to why they lost. And you know, one of the things they're saying is, is it's all racism. It's the Republicans played the race card with the school stuff. They're interpreting the school stuff as racism. And the problem there is it's not, and it's starting to alienate Democratic parents who aren't hyper-progressive. And the alienation of those parents causing them to move into the GOP is just going to amplify next year as the Democrats refuse to learn their lesson and instead claim victimhood status and Republican dirty tricks. The Democrats don't know how to accept a loss at this point. I mean, the Republicans are pretty bad at it too. The Democrats are just like the gold standard of not being able to accept a loss, and they're not going to be able to accept a Virginia loss. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if Tamara Tara McAuliffe refuses to concede defeat and then hires a bunch of lawyers to try to throw it out in court. It would not surprise me in the least, and it would not surprise me to see the media defend him doing it as well. Now, I've mentioned the Braves and the World Series and all. You know, the All-Star game got pulled out of Atlanta by uh, Major League Baseball because of Georgia's election law, Stacey Abrams' mischaracterizations of it, despite alternative facts pushed by the mainstream media and militant progressives. The law actually makes it easier to vote and harder to cheat in Georgia. It's been heralded by a bunch of outside groups that it actually turns out to be a really good law. In fact, we're seeing early voting happening in Georgia for elections right now under this law, and they're working just fine. Now, regardless, Major League Baseball and big Georgia companies like Coke and Delta Airlines, they caved to the woke mob, and they were fine with the game going away, and now they flip-flopped, and they love having the World Series in Atlanta. Job Creators Network is the country's premier conservative small business advocacy organization. It wants Coke and Delta executives to donate any tickets they have for the World Series to Atlanta's small business community. Those businesses, they're the ones that suffered when the woke crowd moved the all-star game. I want to applaud the Job Creators Network for taking a stand, and I would encourage you to join them at jobcreatorsnetwork.com. That's jobcreatorsnetwork.com. They are the country's premier conservative small business advocacy organization. Stand with Job Creators Network, and you big business wokes, you should be handing your tickets over to the small businesses you were perfectly fine ruining when the All-Star Game boycotted Georgia. Hi there, it is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. You know, uh, there's some polling out, we'll get into this a little bit, but the ABC News Washington Post poll? Yeah, it's NBC, Wall Street Journal, ABC, Washington Post. ABC, Washington Post. Uh, nobody wants the Democrats' reconciliation package. In fact, a third of Americans think that it'll hurt them. Only 20% think it'll help them. Most people have no idea what's even in it, uh, but most of them don't want it. 
that's pretty pretty amazing. Uh, now, this is interesting here. So, um, the director of the UN Food Scarcity Organization has said that two percent of Elon Musk's wealth could solve world hunger. So Elon Musk saw this. This is a CNN business story. 2% of Elon Musk's wealth is $6 billion. In 2020, the UN World Food Program raised $8.4 billion and yet did not solve world hunger. Elon Musk saw this on Twitter, and he joined in the conversation and said, if the World Food Program can describe on this Twitter thread how his $6 billion would solve world hunger. He will sell Tesla stock right now and do it, but it's got to be open source accounting so the public sees precisely how the money is spent. The UN World Food Program has not responded, which is not surprising because they love to play these games, but they don't really like to give you the deliverables which is kind of the problem in solving all this stuff. Uh, they they make a big deal out of it. They make a big dog and pony show. But we're always going to have the poor, and there are always going to be hungry people because there's always going to be those who are less fortunate. And we should, in our private charity, help them. But government doesn't seem to be able to solve the problem at all. In fact, uh, there are a lot of arguments. The government makes this stuff worse. Elon Musk is willing to step up and sell $6 billion worth of stock to make it so, to help, to fight and cure and end world hunger. And the UN, which said if he did that, it would work, won't get back to him now, which tells you everything you need to know about what a scam this stuff is. You know, Biden is in uh, Glasgow, Scotland. He is uh, giving his big speeches over there about global warming, flew in with his plane and motorcade, all these world leaders and their planes and motorcades, And now you've got the the wokes out there want to end private flying. They want to ban the private jet. And actually, ironically, uh, some private jets are actually pretty fuel efficient. I want one. I want a private jet. I I, want to fly private. They better not ban them before I can fly private regularly. I guess I better call priority jet. (laughs) I'm ready for it. I got to take my kids to Louisiana this coming weekend. And we got to navigate the airport. I was like, man, one day I really want to be rich so I can just like land the plane by my house and, and put my kids on the plane and go to Louisiana. But I'm not there yet. Maybe one day I will be. Until then, I'll be sure to turn on my SUV and leave it running just so we get some let's go Brandon moments for the environmental people. All right. Uh, we will be back. And when we come back, stick around. You got to listen to Chuck Todd deliver bad news. It was actually kind of funny. And you thought these last two years were crazy. Welcome to 2022. It's coming up and nothing makes sense still, especially in business. If you're a small business owner, good luck getting financing from a big bank right now. I can offer you a fantastic solution. If you're looking for $750,000 or more in financing for your business, First Liberty Building and Loan. Let's say you want to buy a new building or you want to refi existing debt or you want to buy a company. Basically, you see opportunity for your business to grow, but you've hit a wall with the mega banks getting financing. That's where First Liberty Building and Loan and my friends, the Frost family, come in. They solve small business financing problems better than anyone I've ever seen. They say yes, where big banks say no. It's that simple. Look, just do this. Spend 10 minutes with them. 
Call them, First Liberty Building and Loan. Say Eric sent you. In 10 minutes, you'll know if you're a good fit for their program. Go to firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. They help small businesses nationwide in all 50 states. Firstlibertyga.com. 